1: Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston.
2: Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. Good morning to our guests and friends, those who in the sanctuary, as well as those who are worshiping us online. It's always wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. God has been so good to us that we have one day that we give completely to him in recognition of all that he is and that uh, what he has said to us in his word. The title of the message today is God's Design for Living. God's Design for Living. Multitudes of people in our society are suffering from weariness, exhaustion, and fatigue. The sale of sleeping aids and nerve pills are at an all-time high because life is so hectic. We are on the go from early morning to late at night, seven days a week. People are in a rush, rush to get to work, Rush to get to some meeting, rush to meet a deadline, rush to pick up the children, or rush to go to the store. We rush through our meals, rush through traffic, we rush through conversations, we rush through everything endeavoring to be everything to everybody, everywhere. Among teachers, doctors, nurses, lawyers, CEOs, and even parents and students, there's a high rate of burnout, all because everybody feels the pressure to accomplish, to succeed, or just to make ends meet, regardless of what they have to do or how they must live to get there. Life can be a vicious circle, running here and there, Doing this and that, endeavoring to pack 48 hours into 24. No wonder the body is exhausted, weary, tired, and fatigued. Many of us don't have time to smell the fragrance of the flowers, to feel the gentleness of the breeze, to relish the beauty of the sunset, or to watch our children grow up. We are just too busy and too tired. This is not the kind of life that God wants us to live. This is not his design for us. Psalm 127 and verse 2 in the contemporary English version says, It is useless to get up early and stay up late in order to earn a living. God takes care of his own, even while they sleep. If we are burning the candles at both ends... We are not as smart as we think. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that we can do is to go to bed early and get a good night's rest. Psalm 23, 1 and 2, David says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green pastures. He leads me to calm water. The psalmist here is here speaking about rest and refreshment. God is interested in our rest and our recreation. He wants us to live a whole, balanced, and complete life. He wants us not to be working all the time. A CNN poll some years ago said that 59% of all Americans would like to slow down and relax more. And a Harris poll said we have 8.5 hours less leisure time now than we did a decade ago. We are working more and enjoying less. God's design for living requires that we, number one, we realize our worth. The reason most people overwork is because they confuse their work with their worth. We think that if we, if we work a whole lot, we are worth a whole lot. We confuse what we do with who we are. In America, we get our primary identity from what we do. When we meet someone, after we find out their name, usually the second question is, what do you do? You see, we get our worth, we think, from our work. The Bible doesn't teach that. It says that our worth is regardless of what our work is. Many people grew up with a little phrase in their mind that says, you're a nobody because of your circumstance in, in life, where you were born and who you were born to. But also, maybe a brother or sister or a parent said to them, you're never going to amount to very much. And so, as they grow up, they, they begin to work to prove them wrong. But they never accomplish enough to feel satisfied. They have to prove their value, their worth, by overworking Listen to what God says about us in James chapter 1 and verse 18. God decided to give us life through the word of truth so we might be the most important of all the things that he made. God says we matter more than the rest of his creation and so we don't have to prove our worth. God has already determined that. If we really understand and feel what we are to God, then it will change our approach to life and living. We don't need the approval of other people to be happy, but we do need to realize how valuable we are to God in order to be happy. Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, verse 26, he says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? You see, we'll never fully understand how much God loves us while we are here on this earth. There is nothing that we can ever do that will make God love us any less than He does right now. His love is not based on our performance but on who he is. There is nothing we can ever do that will make God love us more than he already does. We don't have to prove our worth by overworking. God says in Isaiah 49, 15 and 16, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast, and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Jesus died on the cross, and they put nails through his hands. He can never forget how much he loves you and me. And when we get to heaven, we will have the opportunity to see his engraved hands because he, our names are engraved on his hands, which means that he knows everything about us and he loves us infinitely. But the second thing that God wants us to follow or to know is enjoy what you already have. In order to live your life, you need to View it holistically. Enjoy what you already have. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 13, all of us should eat and drink and enjoy what we have worked for. It is God's gift. Now we can be so preoccupied in getting more that we don't have time to enjoy what we have. Most of us have the desire to acquire more and more stuff. We keep up with Jones, not realizing the deep financial hole they may be in. We buy things we don't need, with money that we don't have, to impress people we don't even know. We try to get more and more, and as a result we get financially overextended. Then we have to find a second job or, and hustle to make ends meet. So we spend all of our time working and have little or no time left to spend with our families. The result is that relationships begin to deteriorate. That's not the way God wants us to live. Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 6, and uh, he's speaking from, from experience even though he was the wealthiest man in the world. He said, "It is better to have only a little, with peace of mind, than be busy all the time, with both hands trying to catch the wind." <laughs> you know, that's a, a rather interesting way of putting it. That a lot of the things that we're doing is like trying to catch the wind. The greatest things in life aren't our possessions. As pastor, I've been at um, many deathbeds over the over the years. I have never had one person who knew that they were going um, on to eternity who say, "I wish I'd spent more time on the job." But I have heard many say, I wish I'd spent more time with my family and with God. You see, we spend a lifetime accumulating things which we cannot take with us when it is time for us to leave this world. And as Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. Enjoy what you have while you have it and don't be worrying about getting more and more all the time. It doesn't mean you don't um, work to provide for your families and to, and to provide for a good retirement if, um, if you're able. But what um, the Scriptures are saying is that our focus on getting more and more of this world's goods, which we will not be around uh, to enjoy, does not make much sense. So the, the third point is... Limit your work. Limit your work. We must make a conscious decision to make time for other things beside work. We need to schedule time to be with God and with our families. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 15 says, Only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. A lady called her pastor one day, very upset. She said, I called all day Monday and couldn't get through to you. The pastor said, But Monday is my day off. And the lady said, Well, the devil never takes a day off. And the pastor said, Yes, and if I didn't take a day off, I would be just like the devil. <laughs> Exodus 29 and 10 says, You have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to me. That's in Good News Translation. God says, One day off every week is the rule, is my design for you. This is the fourth commandment. If we are not Taking a day off, it means that we are breaking the Ten Commandments. God says to do it. Well, why did he say that? Because the Bible calls it the Sabbath, which means a day of rest. We need a day of rest in order to function properly. In Mark chapter 2 and verse 27, it says Jesus concluded... The Sabbath was made for the good of human beings. They were not made for the Sabbath. It does not matter what day you choose, as long as you choose one day a week to take off and to rest. Sunday is not my Sabbath. It's a work day for me. But Monday is, and I try as best as I can, to enjoy the time of rest on a, on a Monday without doing anything for the church. Of course, it, um, I'm not always successful because uh, emergencies arise and, and people need to get in touch with their pastor and um, I always make allowance for those things. But what should we do on the Sabbath? Rest our body. If you don't take time to rest your body, your body will make time to rest itself, either in the hospital or at home in bed with a flu or a cold. Our best requires rest. During the French Revolution, they outlawed Sunday as a day of rest. Within a few years, they had to reinstate it, not for religious reasons, but because the health of the nation had really collapsed. People were burnt out. God, who made us, knew that without rest our bodies cannot stand the stress we encounter all week. Without rest we cannot endure the pressures of going from morning to night. Without rest we cannot bear the burdens we have to deal with daily. We need to take time off to rest. And if Jesus had to take time off from his busy ministry to rest his body, surely we need to even more. What we are doing is not more important than what Jesus had to do. He didn't um, have to have rest, but he was setting an example for his disciples and for us that we need to adhere to what the scriptures say that Uh, We ought to take one day off um, during the week in order to rest our bodies and to be able to be energized for the the next week. So what what do you do on the Sabbath? You recharge your emotions. All of us need quietness. We need recreation, something that we enjoy doing. We need time for relationships. We were made for relationships. And we need to refocus our spirit. And the Bible calls this worship. It's a worship brings things into perspective. So when we come to church, or if you are worshiping online, and you have a big problem, Worship puts things into perspective. When you get a feeling that you can't go a step further, when you get a feeling that you can't survive another trial, that you can't deal with another disappointment, worship reminds you that God will see you through. You see, God knows when your problems begin to frustrate you. He knows when your sorrows begin to overwhelm you. He knows when your fears begin to paralyze you, when your friends begin to forsake you, and when your enemies begin to confront you. And worship reminds you that you need somebody greater than you are to help you, and that God is an on-time God, and He will be there for you. Another point is, We need to adjust our values. We need to adjust our values. In order to cope with our lives, we must change our thinking about what is important. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 4, Solomon says, I have also learned, notice that, I have also learned why people work so hard to succeed. It is because They envy the things their neighbors have. But it is useless. It's like chasing the wind. You see, you have to stop and say, you're not going to get caught up in the rat race of always trying to get more. There are things more important than getting more. Jesus said in Mark 8 and verse 36, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world? yet forfeit their soul. Is it worth it? We need to ask this question about every area of our life. Is it worth what I'm doing? We may be making a good living right now, but are the children and grandchildren, for some, getting any parenting? They're going to be gone in a few years. And also keep in mind that no matter how much we make, we can lose it all in a very short period of time. But finally, we need to exchange our pressure for God's peace. There are three kinds of fatigue. There's physical fatigue, there's emotional fatigue, and there's spiritual fatigue, a dry spirit, which is the Uh, greatest need that we have, the greatest um, fatigue. Or you may need a vacation, but a vacation will not help emotional and spiritual fatigue. You need more than just time off to recharge your emotions and focus your spirit. You need a relationship with God. You can take a two-week vacation to Hawaii or the Caribbean, but when you return, you are still going to have the same problems unless you have that relationship with God. The pressures are still going to be there. It means more than just taking time off. It means readjusting your values and exchanging your pressure for God's peace. This is something that God promised My peace I give to you, and not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. We need a relationship with Christ who will help us set the pace of our life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, 28 and 29, Come to me, all of you who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Accept my teachings and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your lives. The burden that I ask you to accept is easy. The load I give you to carry is light. Are you stressed out, tired, weary? Jesus says, come to me. He knows when you have gone as far as you can go. He knows when you have done as much as you can do. He knows when you have given as much as you can give. When you have handled as much as you can handle. When you have faced as much as you can face. And when you have waited as long as you can wait. And he will refresh you with showers of blessing if you go to him. He will give you his peace which is beyond human understanding. This peace has a calming and comforting effect no matter what our circumstances may be. It's a peace that difficulties cannot disturb, that trials cannot overcome, and fear cannot frustrate. It's a peace that can relax the nerves, can calm the emotions, can strengthen one's faith, and dry one's tears. And that can abundantly bless one's heart. This peace is a gift of God to His children. It can help us to withstand the storms of life. It can bring comfort to our soul in times of sorrow and grief and enable us to face the unfaceable, bear the unbearable, endure the unendurable, and even to accept the unacceptable then we will fully appreciate the words of that hymn. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 10.30